Rodgers floats one. Incomplete. The Lions are going to win the game. I've been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Before we get into the details of yesterday's game, I just got to say something right from the jump. I don't mean to be defensive. I don't mean to sound jealous. I don't mean to be this guy that I... Wouldn't be doing my job if I don't say this. Um, I noticed a lot of Packers writers yesterday, a lot of Packers bloggers and podcasters and content creators uh, were using a lot of shipwreck analogies about the Packers. And, hey, that's fine. You know I love a good shipwreck. I, I just got to say, this is the shipwreck show, okay? This is the week of the anniversary of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Right, the, 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 the shipwreck analogies kind of—they start here and they end here. Okay, the yesterday when I see old Matt Schneidman tweeting out his story, <laughs> actually, I want to pull up his tweet because I got a kick out of it. I feel like Matt's got to come on the show. He tweeted in the lead of his article for years. Aaron Rodgers has been the rising tide that lifts all ships for the Packers. On Sunday against the worst defense in the NFL, he was the anchor that sunk that ship from Detroit. On Rodgers and the Packers offense reaching rock bottom. Again, I love a good shipwreck analogy. You know I love a good shipwreck. I love some good naval history. It's my thing. And we're going to do it later on in the week. The anniversary of the Edmund Fitzgerald is on Thursday. We do a whole thing for it. I just think it's convenient that this week of all weeks, the Packers go down. And, and she went down in a way that just begged for an old shipwreck analogy. I saw many Packers content creators go to the well of the shipwreck analogy. Hitting rock bottom, sinking, match nineman using the anchor. I love it. Uh, just as long as we remember, you know, where the shipwreck talk starts and ends. It's on this show, okay? This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Oh, the Packers lost. Yeah, they lost. We're going to talk about it tonight. I don't really know where the show's going to go. I am just as excited as you are to find out what might wait for us on the phones and in the tweets and in the texts. Uh, Dan and McFarland last week called in and dropped an F-bomb looking to avoid that kind of thing today. I love it in spirit, but in practice, let's leave the profanity uh, off of the show. Let's leave the insane takes off of the show. I don't really know where the show's going to go, but I'm excited to see. Andy Herman from Packaday Podcast is going to be here at 4.30. I, I don't know what my deal is with Andy Herman, because every time he's on, he's tremendous. He's the nicest guy, the most reasonable takes. Like, no one doesn't like Andy Herman. Everybody loves Andy Herman. There's lots of crossed wires in Packers fandom. This blogger doesn't like that beat reporter, and this beat reporter doesn't like that podcast. Everybody likes Andy Herman. Everybody. And I just, I don't think to ask him on very often, but every time I do, I could do Monday at this time. I could do Tuesday. So we should maybe ask Andy more. He's going to be here at 4.30. I have some audio of Aaron Rodgers that I'd like to play. I have a little bit of Matt LaFleur. If we get to it, cool. If we don't, whatever. I'm not going to lose any sleep about missing Matt LaFleur's ramblings after the Packers lost to the Lions yesterday, 15 
to 9. Go ahead and text the show. Call the show, 608-796-2558. Start taking calls here in a little bit, and you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Normally, I think very hard about the beginning of the show. Very meticulous, scripted. Even if I only script out the first 10 minutes and the rest of the show is up in the air. Normally, I like to have a, a good opening rant. Sometimes I even rehearse the opening rant. Maybe I'm in my car. Maybe just in my head at 345, getting ready for the show. I, Cowherd is my guy, right? I like to try to follow his lead. Cowherd's the best because he'll start a show talking about the Packers. And the first words out of his mouth will be, you know, it's interesting. When Netflix burst onto the scene, you're like, here we go. I love that, okay? <laughs> uh, not today. I barely wrote anything down for the first segment today. I'm just going to speak from the heart. I, I know you can't see me, but I'm going to do the thing that youth pastors do when they want to have a heart-to-heart with a child and they turn the chair around and they, they face it the other way to appear more relatable. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting backwards in my office chair and, I've, and I have my arms rested on the, the back. Let's have a little heart-to-heart here. This isn't scripted. This is just me being real. Packers lost 15-9 to yesterday. Aaron Rodgers with a couple of interceptions, a whole boatload of injuries. We'll start with Rodgers. Rodgers played poorly, especially the three interceptions and the one underthrow to Toure. That just ends as an incomplete pass in the stat sheet and in the box score. But I think all of us watching are like, man, had Samari Toure for a touchdown, that would have been six points. That's a play that takes six off the board. Rodgers didn't play well yesterday. He knows it. He's not in denial about it, right? Yesterday he was asked, how do you evaluate your play? This is what he said. Well, I mean, I played shitty, but I never gave up. And obviously, I don't want to lead us in rushing, um, but I knew I was going to have to make some plays in my legs. And that's really the moving forward. I'm going to have to keep doing things like that. But no, I feel like we never gave up. I mean, we moved the ball well in the first half, and I threw a couple picks in the end zone. Took points off the board. So that obviously came back to hurt us down the stretch. Rodgers knows this. He didn't have a great game yesterday. Okay, he's not in denial. But the Packers outgained the Lions by 135 yards yesterday. A sizable chunk. It's not like the Lions' offense was a powerhouse in this game. The Packers outgained them by 135 yards. The Packers, looking at the team stats, they ran 12 more plays. They outpossessed the Lions by about nine minutes. It was the three interceptions, right? Those were backbreakers. Two of them came in the red zone, right? That missed throw to Toure that took six points off the board. It was three or four throws that really tainted this entire game. But even if you took let's say, hypothetically, two of those three interceptions away. Let's say Rodgers threw the one to Tunyon down the seam, and that was it, right? You take away the the interception to Bakhtiari on the goal line. uh, You take away the one off the helmet on the goal line. You take two of the three interceptions away. The Packers win what? 16-15, maybe 21-15, 22-15. I'm not going to do the math, but they they win by a point or a, a touchdown, give or take. Still wouldn't feel great about this game. A 16 to 15 win wouldn't mean the team is trending towards being a contender, right? A 16 to 15 win or a 22 to 15 win wouldn't all of a sudden mean that what happened last week and the week before and the week before wouldn't be behind us. It would be much more of the same, except yesterday they would have been just good enough to edge out a Detroit team. And don't get me wrong, getting a win at this point is just huge. You need to get a win. It doesn't even need to be pretty. A win yesterday, obviously, there's a huge difference between winning 16 to 15 and losing 15 to 9. But if you take two of those three Aaron Rodgers interceptions away, or he completes that ball at Toure, not all of a sudden that this team is a jet on the runway taking off ready to win six or seven games. 
And that's not just on Aaron Rodgers, right? And anyone who says so is being a whiny baby hater little boy, okay? And there's people on Twitter and people in the Packers blogosphere who kind of make their bones on that. Rodgers needs to go. Rodgers getting paid too much. Yeah, he's probably getting paid too much, but that's how sports work, right? Yesterday, I truly think is the first time you could ever say in the Aaron Rodgers era that, I don't know, maybe Jordan Love wins that game. Maybe. I don't, th- I don't feel great about it, but maybe. Maybe Jordan Love just doesn't make any mistakes and the Packers win 16-15. Maybe. But never before this point, and there are plenty of people in Packers fandom that would say, man, they should have been starting Jordan Love. They should have gone to Jordan Love. Want to see what Jordan Love looks like? That's not the answer. That's not it. And I keep saying that on this show. Right? Anyone who says that this is all Aaron Rodgers' fault is just a whiny baby hater and has some issues they got to work through. Never seen so many players get hurt in one game. Important players. That's not on Aaron Rodgers. That's not Rodgers' fault. Thought exercise. Let's work through this really quickly. The players that the Packers could least afford to lose going into this game. If I said, hey, Packers-Lions on Sunday, who's the player that the Packers can least afford to lose to injury? You said, ah, Rashawn Gary, number one. Don't have another elite player up front other than Kenny Clark, but he's an interior lineman. Don't really have a, a, an A, B, or a 1B pass rusher. Can't lose Rashawn Gary. Well, he's done. He's out. He's hurt. Done for the rest of the year. Who's number two? All right, so put Rashawn Gary aside. Who's the next player you couldn't afford to lose? Well, I'd say, <laughs> well, they don't use him, but Aaron Jones. The offense runs through Aaron Jones. He's hurt. Okay, he's out. Missed most of the game. After that, you say, well, next, who's the player that the Packers can next least afford to lose? I'd say Romeo Dobbs because he's been the one consistent part of this offense the entire season. He's hurt. High ankle sprain. And I see everyone on Packers Twitter today. Oh, good news. No fracture. Okay, might as well be a fracture. High ankle sprains are the worst. That's going to linger. That's going to need a long time to heal. Bakhtiari missed a lot of time. Stokes missed a lot of time. Watson. Christian Watson needs to stop bleeding with his head. Matt LaFleur spoke to the media today and said, well, it wasn't a head injury. It was a chest injury, but we were being precautious. It's like, well, if you were so precautious that you couldn't put him back into the game after the wind was knocked out of him, maybe he shouldn't have been playing in the first place. But if he was healthy enough to go out there from a head perspective, getting the wind knocked out of him shouldn't have precluded him from playing the rest of the game. But whatever, I have a million questions about the coaching of this team, and that is very far down the list. We don't need to dwell on that. There's a lot of injuries now on this team, and a bunch of them hit yesterday. The Packers were a top-heavy roster to begin with, especially on defense. Right? You have one elite edge rusher. He's gone. You have one elite offensive player, Aaron Jones. He's now gone. Very little wide receiver talent, and the talent that it's at the top can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field, and now Dobbs is down. There's only so much Aaron Rodgers can do with that, okay? And I know he's getting paid a lot of money, and he's done and said some things that have annoyed people, not everyone, but some but there's only so much Aaron Rodgers can do, okay? He could have not thrown two or three interceptions yesterday, sure, but I think that's small potatoes in the grand scheme of the season. I'm not really sure what Matt LaFleur is bringing to the table. I'm not that angry with him about anything. I also don't know what he's adding at this point in the season. The Packers are three and six, and they've lost, what, five in a row? The LaFleur discourse has gone a little bit off the rails. Everyone's mad about the failures on the goal line. Bakhtiari was open. He was open. Rodgers made a bummy throw, and it didn't get there. Didn't get all the way to him. Right? Lazard was open, too. Rodgers threw it off a guy's helmet. What do you want to do? Is that Matt LaFleur's fault? I saw this account that I just cannot stand. I just cannot. I don't know if it's if it's some sort of brand or if this guy's legit. It's Bruce Irons, Packers for the win. Tweeted today, I got to give Matt LaFleur credit for the David Bakhtiari play call because that was so brilliant and a beautiful call. 
It's also another example of where I think the Packers spend too much time thinking about those niche situations instead of how to just move the chains 10 yard at a time. I don't know what game this guy watched. That's the dumbest tweet I've ever seen. The Packers outgained the Lions by 150 yards yesterday. You're picking up first downs left and right. It was the niche situations that they couldn't succeed on. They couldn't succeed on the goal line. They couldn't succeed on fourth down. But then again, logic has never really existed in a lot of Packers fans' minds. Certainly not this guy. Oh, man, he's bad in goal line situations. Well, they had guys open. They couldn't execute. A lot of Packers fans are mad that the team doesn't run the ball. Run the damn ball. Did you want to see them give the ball to A.J. Dillon another time yesterday? I didn't. It was making me want to gouge my eyes out. You you like watching A.J. Dillon fall forward for a yard and a half? I don't. It's like watching a dead tree fall over. It's like, okay, a little fun, but after two or three times, it gets a little repetitive. I'd like to watch something else, please. Especially Aaron Jones got hurt. A.J. Dillon stinks, you guys. He's likable. I'm not anti-A.J. Dillon. Likes Door County. Good ambassador for the team. Great. Play for the Packers for a long time. He's just not very good. Run the ball. Run the damn ball. They were trying. They couldn't. And Detroit's defense is a trash fire. You got to be able to pass on them. If you couldn't pass on Detroit yesterday, you might as well not pass the ball the rest of the year. And if you're not passing the ball the rest of the year, then your team is cooked. And your team is cooked anyways after yesterday. You might as well go down swinging. Try to pass the ball. I don't have a problem with it. The one Matt LaFleur thing that does kind of bother me, and this is a take that I'm going to have to try to workshop and craft today. And I'm going to throw it out there for Andy Herman and see what he does with it. I've tried this before with Andy. Throw him a take, and then he's just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Again, love Andy. There needs to be a proverbial adult in the room in some of these situations, right? The kids are playing in the kitchen. No one's watching them. They start a fire with the stove while mom and dad are upstairs or out in the back. Like, there needs to be an adult in the room. Doesn't seem like there's an adult in the room with this Packers offense. The final series, what are we doing? Plenty of time, all the timeouts. Throw it out of the back of the end zone to Lazard. That didn't have a prayer. Second down, throw it deep, incomplete over the head of Alan Lazard. That didn't have a prayer. Third down. Incomplete down the middle of the field, Amari Rodgers threw it behind him. Whoa, now it's fourth and ten. How did we get here? How did we end up in fourth and ten? We have all our timeouts. We have all the time. We're just slinging it around like it's flag football at recess. What is this? Where's the adult in the room? And then the final play, fourth and ten. Essentially, the season is on the line. You got to move the sticks or score. We throw to Sammy Watkins. That's what we do. Sammy Watkins was targeted five times yesterday. Guess how they went? He caught one, he ran the wrong route twice, and he dropped the other two. In Detroit, gotta have it, gotta save your season. Yeah, let's heave one up to Sammy Watkins. That's it. Where's the adult in the room? Who stepped in and said, no, we're not trusting our season to Sammy Watkins? Where's the adult in the room on first, second, or third down when Rodgers is slinging it out of bounds, going for the big play? And Look, I don't blame Rodgers. You need to hit one kill shot to win the game. I don't hate the logic, but let's tighten it up a little bit here. Let's call a timeout. Let's get everyone together. Let's slow down. The adult in the room. Let's pour some cold water on everybody. Tell everyone to take a deep breath. No. Matt LaFleur, there's just there's no adult in the room with this offense. And then they, they, they start going nuts. And at some point, the parent needs to come running in the room and say, hey, we're going to put that away. We're gonna, oh, where'd you find that? The, the, the knife was in the drawer? No, we're going to put that away. No, 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 sweetie. We're not going to. We're going to do that. Oh, what's this? You found daddy's shoe polish? Nope. I'm going to put that up on the big shelf. I don't know why that was where you could reach it. There's a, there's nobody to save this Packers offense from itself. Matt LaFleur needs to be that guy. He hasn't been that guy. And I think that's my frustration with LaFleur today. It's not anything about play calling. It's not about a lack of a running game. It's just there's no adult in the room. This team needs an adult in the room.
They don't have one. God knows it's not Joe Barry. That's why it's needed to be Rich Passaccia. It's like, oh, it's a mature coach that can actually control some players and get a message across. That's why they're they're letting Rich Passaccia calm down Eric Stokes and they benched him last week. That should be Joe Barry's job. That should be the head coach's job. But no, it's Rich Passaccia who's got to be the adult in the room. Yeah. Those are my thoughts from yesterday. A little heart to heart. I got my chair turned around like I'm a youth pastor here. Let's take a break. Take a couple of calls. Take a couple of texts. We'll spitball a little bit. What's going on with this Packers? They lose to the Lions yesterday. 15 to 9. They're 3 and 6. Their season is not necessarily cooked, but it's darn close. We'll talk to Andy Herman, Pack a Day podcast at 435, too. Looking forward to that. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bill, 608-796-2558. Josh and Sparta texts in. The war of attrition was the biggest opponent yesterday. Even Mr. Reliable old Romeo Dobbs. Oh, it hurts. All of last week, what was I talking about? I respect Romeo Dobbs because you know what? At least he's out there. He might be making rookie mistakes. He might be going through some growing pains, but at least he's playing. Unlike Watson, unlike Watkins, unlike Cobb, unlike Lazard. And then, then he got hurt. And it wasn't even his fault. He got rolled up on. It's not like Christian Watson a week ago running headfirst into three defenders. It's like, look, I. <laughs> it's not that that's always going to get you concussed, but you're definitely putting yourself in a spot to bang up your dome if you put your head down and you run like a battering ram into three guys. Romeo Dobbs is like, man, he got rolled up on. High ankle sprain. Great. I felt that yesterday, Josh. Because the last time I talked about how a player's underrated because of their availability, that was Chris Middleton before the playoffs. And then he got hurt in the playoffs and missed the Celtics series. I'll just stop talking about health. Let's go to Ed in Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Ed? Well, you're bringing it. And um, Thank you. I listened to you guys all day today, even the unit. Um, you. <laughs> oh, did he not candy coat it today? I don't know if you heard his, uh, his introductory. It was... I don't have to go back awesome. and His rant was good. I got to podcast it for my wife because she's a Rogers hater, and he really went after Rogers <laughs> strong. But he actually went after everyone from upper management on down, and that's where I'm going. I have to agree. I think Mark Murphy has to really take a look at this team and go to his talent evaluator because that's where I'm going. I'm not going to blame this on the head coach. He's been definitely his rope to keep. He has ridden the coattails of Aaron Rodgers for three years, and he's reaped the benefits of Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers is not up to par because obviously the talent pool is really limited. And so to me, it's Brian Gutekunst. He's the guy. He has to get our team. Um, we, I don't want to say this. Remember the year when we were playing 12 guys that were like second stringers and it was the year we went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's year we went to the Super Bowl with Rogers. I can't remember for sure, but there was one year we went to the Super Bowl. It might even been to the championship game and we lost a heartbreaker maybe. Sure. And we had guys that were no name came out of the blue. We had a lot of Sewell Douglases on the team at that time. And... We don't have that this year, and I'm 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 right there with you. Sammy Watkins, 
That that train has to leave the station he today. He stinks. He stinks. Today. It's, it's not just like that he can't stay healthy. It's not that he, he he's not, his mind is not sharp. He's not in the right spots. And then when the ball gets to him, he's dropping it. Like, I, I don't know what the deal is with him. I knew we were in trouble with him when he came into camp and he wasn't practicing right away. I just had a bad vibe about him. And now we got, it's so overbroken. This record is getting broken. It's shattered. He probably is going out to the trash tonight. Christian Watson, he probably shouldn't play for a whole month. And, yeah. and Romeo Dobbs is going to be gone for a whole month. I'm telling you, this is looking bleaker and bleaker. I'm actually not going to wear my Packer garb for the rest of the year until they win a game. Oh. And I'm, it looks pretty bleak. It really does. And I, that takes a lot for me to say that. I mean, as a full-fledged Packer fan, I go way back in the 70s, watch the worst of the worst. The Lindy Infante era, um, you know, you go on and on. Forrest Gregg, you name it. We yeah. saw the worst of football. But you know what? Some of those teams played hard. And I don't blame the Packers for not playing hard. They did their defense. Losing Gary, to me, the heartbeat of that defense, that's, that's, that's a huge hit. Man, I know I kind of went on a tangent there. No, you're Your good. show is awesome. No. Thank you. And, and this call's um, been awesome, Ed. You brought it today. You talked about me. Well, thank you. you. It today. I, I really sat on this one. You're my <laughs> you, thank you. You're my first call of all the radio stations today. I had to save it for you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate you giving me greens. Thanks for the call. You bet, bud. Take care. Yeah, have a good night. That is Ed in Madison. Christian Watson, I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for a while. So we learned today that it wasn't a concussion. That when Watson left yesterday, he passed all of the concussion tests. He cleared everything. He just got the wind knocked out of him. But for precautionary reasons, they held him out. And I, look, I'm never going to complain about keeping a player safe. That's not what I'm saying here. But if you were that worried about his head, that getting the wind knocked out of him made you pull him for the rest of the game, maybe he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're worried about his head, so he gets hit hard and gets the wind knocked out of him. And then you're like, ah, we don't want to put him back out there. Well, maybe he should, no, he should have been out there in the first place. I, I don't know. It's just all very scatterbrained. Again, I'm not going to complain about keeping a guy healthy and keeping a guy safe. But it just seems very bizarre. Alex Texton says, coming from the only Rams fan on the show, both them and the Packers are built very similar, and the lack of personnel has hurt both teams when it comes to the injury front. Both teams have a good core of players, but both teams haven't drafted well in the last couple of years. Yeah, I would actually contend that the Rams have drafted pretty well. It's just they haven't had very many picks. The Rams up until this season, Alex, have been getting such good contribution from later round picks, mid-level, because they haven't had any uh, first-rounders because it's been Jalen Ramsey or, you know, fill in the blank of whatever player it's been, Stafford. They've traded them all away. And up until this year, the Rams have done a really good job of finding value in mid-round, late-round picks, coaching guys up, making them fit the system, and... The Rams, I think, are just feeling that the rent is due, right? They're feeling that lack of first-round picks. They're feeling that lack of draft capital coming in and lack of money to spend on free agency, although they brought in Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson. It just hasn't been enough. The Rams are feeling that fatigue from losing draft picks. The Packers just haven't drafted well. They've had first-round picks, but they haven't spent any on wide receivers. Like, last year's first-round pick, who did they take in the first round last year? Eric Stokes? He's regressed big time this year. They just... It hasn't been enough. The margin for error gets much slimmer for a team when they're paying a quarterback $50 million and they're pushing money out into the future and they're paying big money for a running back and a left tackle and an edge rusher, right? There's 
A lot of money being accounted for for the Packers, so they need to get contributions from draft picks. They haven't got it because they've selected poorly. The Rams just haven't selected at all, but there are a lot of parallels between the Rams and the Packers. Yes, Alex, I agree. And the Rams let one get away yesterday. Big time. Tom Brady is... Tom Brady's wild. Vagabond John, one text before we go to break and get to Andy Herman. Says, I've got a Packer jersey, a Jonathan Taylor Colts jersey, a TJ Watt Steelers jersey. What football garb can I still wear? Hey, get some Graham Mertz merch. Is his store still open? Badgers have a path to winning the West after Michigan State tried every possible way to give that game away on Saturday. Missed the field goal. Uh, and Bielema and the Bielema looked huge, by the way, on Saturday with the with his windbreaker billowing in the wind. Oh my God, he looked like Shrek. I mean, he was huge. Anyways, not what we're talking about. Yeah, some Graham merch, uh, some Graham Mertz merch, some Mertz merch. Vagabond John, get your hands on some. Let's get to Andy Herman, Pack a Day podcast. He joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We'll take some more callers here in a little bit. Ed and Madison got things started on a very high note, which I feel good about because, as I said at the start of the show last week, things got a little off the rails. <laughs> We're going to keep it together this week after the Packers lose their fifth in a row. Yesterday, the Lions 15 to 9. Here to talk about it, break it down, Andy Herman, Pack a Day podcast. He's on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Andy, were you surprised by yesterday's game? We expected better than that, right? I know the Packers aren't good, but we should have had higher standards than nine points against the Lions. Uh, yeah, that I definitely agree with. I think there was uh, levels of surprise. Um, I think if you would have told me, that this game was close and that the Packers had the ability to lose that game. I would have said, yes, that's within the realm of possibility. I think going in, I expected, uh, I think I said 23-20 Packers, so definitely expected this to be I think, closer than maybe others did. Um, I think the, the way in which they lost and how they looked on tape was what was so concerning. When you're fa- we, we, like, Let's start off with the fact that it was very clear going into this game mm-hmm. that this was an elimination game for the Packers. Yes. Basically, their season's on the line. They could win out, sure, whatever. That's not happening, so we can forget about that. Like This was an elimination game. You lose to the Lions on the road, lose your fifth straight game to arguably the worst team in football. Your season's done. And so they knew that going in, and they moved the ball and just cannot get out of their own way to save their lives. They put up a total of nine points, despite the defense even getting them a turnover uh, within the Lions' 25-yard line that should have gifted them at least three points, but they turned that possession over as well. And you just watch the film, specifically on offense, and it's brutal. Uh, There's never been a game where I was watching and just threw my hands up in, like, what the heck is going on fashion more times. Like, it was unfathomable, just some of the stuff that was on tape. Players running wrong routes, snaps being snapped on the wrong count, uh, Rodgers missing open receivers, not going through progressions, not trusting other players, you know, drops through contact. Like, it was as, as bad as you could possibly expect. And then you add on the icing on the cake with all the injuries that the Packers suffered in this game, including a season-ending injury to Rashawn Gary. And as bad as this game felt live and as bad as it felt immediately after, um, it sort of just keeps getting worse as you start, look, you know, kind of peeling back the, the layers a little bit more. And now you're starting to get the injury results as well. So it, it, it was all around bad, no question about it. Yeah, and I talked about this a couple minutes before I had you on. The frustrating part is if you were to make a list in order of the players the Packers could least afford to lose, 
Rashawn, you know, excluding Aaron Rodgers, Rashawn Gary might be one. Aaron Jones might be two. I know they don't use him enough, it feels like, but they lost all the guys that felt, it feels like they could also least afford to lose. It just stinks. And we could talk about the rest of the roster here in a few minutes. I do just want to get your general Aaron Rodgers thoughts. I think there are people who blindly defend Rodgers no matter what. There are people that just take a dump on Rodgers any chance they get. I, I feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle. Up until yesterday, I felt like Rodgers was kind of doing just fine with the circumstances he was given. Maybe he's not elevating anyone, but yesterday was the first time all season it felt like he was weighing the team down with some of those interceptions. What's your take on Rodgers through nine games? Yeah, we're in, in very similar up there. So this has sort of been the, the roller coaster ride I've been on with Aaron Rodgers so far this season. So first few games, Aaron, not good this season. And, you know, basically what I said at the time, like, yeah, these haven't been great, but this is probably going to be a, you know, funny little anecdote at the end of the season when we're talking about another phenomenal Rodgers year and the numbers will be great. And we'll be thinking back, oh, haha, remember when Rodgers struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year? No big deal, no harm, no foul. And then, you know, the, the kind of the conversation from there is, you know, the season went along still wasn't great, but it was, uh, you know, improving a little bit. In fact, I thought last week, uh, you know, prior to the game against the Lions, the game against the Bills, I thought was arguably his best game of the season so far. Um, but I think, you know, kind of the, the talking point is very similar, as, as you mentioned. It's like, I think a lot of people uh, on the opposite side are like, this is all on Rodgers, like what the, you know, and I was more of like, okay, like Rodgers clearly not playing his best brand of football, but I don't think he's the 1A person to blame. Uh, but again, disappointing that you're back-to-back MVP, for, you know, player that's making, you know, 50-plus million per year, uh, that that player can elevate the play of this player around him anymore and sort of just be the guy that you can count on for some wins almost no matter what, right? Yeah. So a level of disappointing, but certainly not, uh, you know, just this god-awful play that you couldn't get over or anything like that. Yeah. And then we have the Detroit game where – I think if we're even being generous, if we're being fair, like you can pretty much take 24 points right off of Rodgers without even doing too much analysis. You have got the, you know, the ball that he throws right at the linebacker's face that leads to an interception. Yeah. You've got the you've got the interception to David Bakhtiari. You've got a wide open Samore Toure in the zone that he underthrows and you've got Again, uh, Jair Alexander intercepts that basically is giving you three points. If you just kick the field goal as soon as the turnover happens, two plays later, Rodgers throws in coverage to Tunyon. There's another play where Samori Toure is wide open. There's another play where Lazard and Tunyon are open. There's another play that I posted on Twitter where DeGuara is wide open. And those, those those plays aren't made. Yeah. So, yeah, this was, uh, this was definitely not only a bad performance from Rodgers, but this was probably the most disconcerting and just overall concerning uh, play from Aaron Rodgers that I think we've ever seen. Yeah, Andy, you're a true professional for working through this meeting. Chris! Chris! Stop calling. I've called already. Chris, I know it's you. I, we could talk after Andy's. I, I DM'd you on Twitter. Chris, stop calling! Yeah, this is this is a professional sports show, I swear. Chris! 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 Stop calling. I promise I will get to you right after Andy. You're making the phone beep. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Andy Herman, Packaday Podcast here. Last thing, let's talk really quickly about Matt LaFleur. I know everyone wants to run the ball more. I feel like, I don't know, they weren't running it well. Like, it never looked good. It never felt good. I suppose they could have handed it off a couple more times, but you got to be able to pass the ball on this Lions defense. I wasn't mad about, you know, run pass selection. The goal line plays I thought were fine. They just weren't executed. The one thing that bothers me with LaFleur or bothered me yesterday, it seems like things kind of get, like, my analogy was, 
You need an adult in the room. Like when the kids like get into something in the kitchen they shouldn't have and the mom comes running in, it's like, oh, let's put that here. Give me that knife. I'm going to put that away. Like that that last series where Rodgers is throwing deep shot out of bounds out of the back of the, hey, let's rein it in here. Let's calm down. Or the final play, let's maybe not go to Watkins, the guy who we can trust least of all. Just seems like there needs to be an adult in the room somewhere on this offensive Packers coaching staff. I don't know who it is, but it hasn't been Lafleur, and I think that's my bugaboo with him. Yeah, I think part of it is just the identity of this team, right? And this team has never found an identity really at all, but certainly offensively or anything that they can lean on, anything that they can go to when times are getting tough. It it basically is just, you know, you're sort of back to 2018-ish Aaron Rodgers trying to play hero ball um, because everything else is kind of breaking down and Rodgers doesn't have that ability anymore. He doesn't have the escape ability, although we saw a couple runs uh, yesterday that, you know, were certainly – um, I guess profitable for lack of a better term for Rogers at times, but overall uh, this team doesn't have anything that they can lean on. You know, the receivers in this game are getting mauled at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, this is not a team that can just consistently win against press man. man. This is a, this is not like close. This is the worst secondary in all of football that you will not face a better or a worse secondary than this. Yeah. May, maybe in years by a lot and like Green historically Bay's, bad. by a lot. Yeah, exactly. And Green Bay's wide receivers could not get off coverage against these Lions corners. Like, that certainly is concerning. Like, this this offensive line, uh, at times, depending on what the game situation is, uh, show, has shown the ability to run block at times. Mm-hmm. But this is also not an offensive line that's just going to fire off the ball and move people. This is, yeah. this is more of a finesse offensive line. It's not a power offensive line. And we've seen those issues come to fruition or, or, and really come to a head in the red zone where they can't just get the one or two yards when they need it more than anything. And when you have a first and goal from the one yard line and end up getting zero points out of it. And then when you add on top of that, an inability to feature your best player in Aaron Jones and a declining quarterback who just isn't the same MVP caliber player that was able to sort of elevate everything around him at all times and basically give you a ticket to the playoffs, no matter what you very quickly have a team that is and specifically an offense that is not set up for success. I know I I said that would be my last question. I'm curious just because I want to get your thoughts. And I think a lot of people right now, Andy, are thinking, what do I do with this team? Like, I'm going to watch him on Sunday, but but where as a fan, what do I do? What do I cheer for? What's our goal? What are we working toward? What do the Packers do the rest of this year? Assuming that they're out of the playoff race for the most part, I know a miracle could happen. But for the Packers to set themselves up best for the offseason and for next year, how do they handle the rest of the season so it's at least productive and you use these games for something useful to help you down the road as you try to rebuild this team? Yeah, and that's the real difficult aspect of this team right now Might is you can make a strong argument that as soon as this team is eliminated from playoff contention, probably the most valuable thing that you can do the remainder of the season is get a real evaluation on Jordan Love. But can you bench Aaron Rodgers? Is that a discussion you can have? Like, can you say that all oh, his thumbs bad enough? We don't want to risk further injury yeah. and like sort of save face for the franchise and the quarterback. Um, that like this could theoretically be Aaron Rodgers' last season. Is this how you let him, you know make him go out? As you know, just you don't even let him finish the season. Like, like Eli, th- yeah. it's, it's, it's it's really difficult, right? So like even like the what should theoretically be sort of like an easy like okay there's nothing more to play for let's at least evaluate our young talent you know like maybe talented rookie quarterback or not rookie but you know what i mean like an inexperienced quarterback um 
you can't necessarily do that because of the drama and other stuff that could come along with it. So that becomes an issue. But I think overarching, right, you want to try to get a look at as many young players as you possibly can. Uh, like there's, there comes a point where you just shut down Bakhtiari. There yeah. comes a point where like playing to Sammy Watkins makes zero sense anymore. He's not <laughs> going to be here next year. Yeah. So like, what's like, why would you not give those reps to younger players? And you ultimately, like, ideally you would get a look at Jordan Love at quarterback, maybe a little bit more Kylan Hill at running back, Dobbs, Toure, Christian Watson at wide receiver, Deguara at tight end, Zach Tom. You know, maybe you get to, uh, to see a little bit of Rasheed Walker, uh, Sean Ryan, and, and some of these guys, obviously Josh Myers, John Running Jr. But you look at your guys that are in, you know, year three or less that need reps, that need playing time, Devontae Wyatt on the defensive line. Yeah. And, and you try to get those guys as many reps as you can because – like let's just be clear that the Aaron Rodgers window is not closed it is slammed shut there's there's no there's no more Super Bowl at the end of the tunnel for the Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers it's just that Cinderella story is gone it's over with so your goal as a franchise is to somehow find a way to move on from that window and most importantly open the next one and the best way to do that is to start developing your younger players because your next window is probably at best what three four years away so you've got to figure out a way to start getting those players that are going to be here in three to four years, the reps that they need to hopefully be good in three to four years when that next window is open. Well, that's depressing, but I didn't expect anything else in that answer. I just had to ask because, yeah, that's the reality. Andy Herman, listen to his podcast. It's every day, Pack-A-Day podcast, and he's on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. And if you want to see some of the visuals of the things that he was mentioning, certain plays and how they went south or things that were missed, Posted a lot of breakdowns today at Andy Herman NFL. So go follow and you can see more there, more of the visual component. Andy, thank you for being such a positive, outstanding guest and sharing this with us, even though the Packers situation stinks. I appreciate you. You bet. No worries at all. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Andy. And a true professional of a radio speaker and a media speaker pushing through the beeping. Yeah, I know we got to get a new phone. There's a long list of things that I need to accomplish with the show. Near the top, get some sort of new phone. So when one caller's on... If somebody else calls, it doesn't beep. I know it's bad, but hey, we're talking about it. We're laughing about it. Oh, it's a fun bit. Listen to Grant and his dumbass phone. Doesn't that sound dumb? <laughs> yeah. And really, it is uh, entertaining, I guess. I just feel bad when I have an actual guest and it's beeping in their ear. Thank you, Andy. Truly, follow him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He posted some good film breakdown clips. So if you were listening to what he was saying and you're like, man, what does he mean? Go look at it. Great visual at his Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Let's take a break and then we can take some calls and I don't have to yell at callers to stop calling. That's never a bad, never a bad vibe. I don't like that. 608-796-2558. Going to get to some texts and take your calls. Packers lose to the Lions 15 to 9. Let's keep talking about it. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bells, Twitter at Wisco Grant. Appreciate Andy Herman, his time, his great Packers takes. Check out his podcast, Pack a Day Podcast. He's on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Text here from downtown Billy. <laughs> downtown baby Billy. <laughs> That's a niche reference that very few people will get. Says any Bucks pregame or do we have to keep beating the dead horse? Hey, I would love to talk Bucks, but we're not gonna. But I will just say, Timberwolves fans, the two of you that are listening. We own your arena now and your team. You can't let the Bucks come in. The first three weeks of the season, you get MVP chance for Giannis that I can hear on TV. You get Bobby Portis chance raining down from the second level. 
That's like when BYU stole the jump around from the Badgers. Like, the Badgers still do it, but it's not the same. Like, the Wolves, you can keep existing, uh, and your stupid stadium can still exist too, but just know that we own it. That's Fiserv West now. Let's talk to our guy, Chris. Our Celtics guy, but I'm assuming he wants to talk Packers. 608-796-2558. What's up, Chris? Well, hey, how are you doing, Grant? I'm doing swell. Just fan- just fantastic, Chris. My team has lost five in a row, and I'm somehow I'm enjoying talking about them, so I'll take it. Absolutely. Well, and, and before I dive too much into, I guess, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, want to give a quick apology for the the listening audience and oh. Andy Herman as well. He was giving a Andy great pissed. Great information, some great takes, everything like that. So I apologize for uh, that is my for fault. Beeping in, I'm I, just so excited to call. I, yeah. I gotta have a I gotta have a phone line that's got more than one line. That's on me. I just I'm just glad that well, I was I'm, able to swiftly DM you on Twitter. Well, relatively swiftly, and no, we're, you're all good, man. Don't worry about it. Absolutely, I'm sure for many people too. This is definitely a highlight at the end of a, of a long work day is calling in and. And just talking sports, oh. um, it's, it's always a ton of fun. So um, I'm sure I'm not the only one in that camp. But yeah. um, to to, <laughs> to talk Aaron Rodgers a little bit, and and this, and I know you mentioned a little bit about like you know the the feeling on him has to probably be somewhere in the middle between the two extremes of defend him no matter what and attack him no matter what. Yeah. And I hope that my feelings uh, kind of help illustrate what that middle ground can look like. Um, for the longest time, when Rodgers was winning MVP and the Packers were going 13-3, and 13-4, and four, whatever it was, um, I think Rodgers was absolutely worth you know defending during that time, right? Uh, but I think the NFL is just one of those leagues where it's so much of, you know, what have you done for me lately? And I think that right now what we're seeing isn't necessarily Rodgers losing his skills of being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think that what we're seeing now is a true exposure of, the way that he really sees himself fitting into LaFleur's system. Um, Rodgers has been on record so many times right. saying that he's a big fan of the West Coast offense. It's to him the most beautiful and simple and like majestic offense that, that he's been a part of. And I think that it's just so fundamentally different for him to adjust from um, what he had early in his career with what made him so successful with McCarthy to now being in, in an offense where um, it's a lot of rub routes. It's a lot of kind of guys setting like these pseudo screens for each other to get open. Uh, a lot of motion pre-snap. I know that he, he said he struggles with that. I think that that's what we're seeing. I don't, I don't think that Aaron lost his right arm all of a sudden. I think it's just a scheming issue. And I think that we're seeing that he he might not be fit for this team anymore if this is the direction that we're going in. Well, he was able uh, to do it no the last two you know? years. That's what's so weird is it looked so good, especially in 2020. It, it looked a little bit more clunky at times last year, but in 2020, man, the first year he won MVP, I mean, it just looked incredible. So I don't I don't know if he's only becoming frustrated now, and he was frustrated two years ago, but he didn't show it, and now he's showing it. I just, I don't understand, Chris. Although I do, I do sympathize with Rodgers, a guy who's been doing this for like 18 years or whatever, and all of his teammates have turned over. All of his coaches have turned over. The offense is turned. I mean, it's a lot over the course of being a quarterback with one team to deal with this, that, and the other thing. Like, I get why older quarterbacks get frustrated with some of this stuff. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it'd be like the same thing, right? You're, you're working on a radio show, and you go from, you know, this, this studio and having this awesome phone that is, like, yeah, state-of-the-art phone. It's, it's amazing. And then... You know, someone else comes in and all of a sudden they switch up the phone on you, and then it's all of a sudden it's beeping. And whenever someone calls in, yeah, um, 
And then you call and out your I, teammates and, in the media and, you know, do the whole thing on McAfee. That's what I should do. Maybe I'll do that on Ebo's show tomorrow. I'll bitch about the phone in my studio. There you go. I, and I do think, ironically, what Rodgers might actually really benefit from is being back under McCarthy's tutelage a little bit. That might be a really hot take. But I think that the way the Cowboys play, they run much more of that West Coast style, yeah. um, especially when they had Amari Cooper last year. It literally looked like McCarthy's plays from 20, you know, 2014 and on. Um, lots of pass-heavy chunk plays, things like that. Uh, that's really not the LaFleur offense. It's more about getting almost more or less five yards each play as opposed to McCarthy, who if we get 20 yards in one play, then, like, that's where we want to be. Yeah, you know? home runs and strikeouts so, type of thing from McCarthy. Yeah, I get you. He'd, he'd benefit under being back under Mike McCarthy. So what's the McConaughey line? And Chris, I appreciate the call. I got to take a break here in a sec. Sometimes you got to go back to go forward. That would break my brain if Mike McCarthy ended up back as the head coach of Green Bay. It's like, yeah, you got to trade for Randall Cobb. And also, if you want me to come back next year, you got to bring Mike McCarthy back to town. Yeah, that's uh, it's one of my conditions. He says <laughs> one text here from Jared and DeForest says a lot of blame, a lot, uh, a lot to talk about. Who's the most to blame for the Packers woes. Uh, I've read before. I swear at least the last game. I got to say Rogers is most to blame for that loss. Bad picks and missed throws. Defense was good enough. Battled well with injuries, but one less red zone pick. And we win. That's the thing. People have been hating on Rogers all season for this, that, and the other thing. And he hasn't played great. I don't think he's played as poorly as some people say. And I don't think Rodgers, relative to expectation, based on what's around him, has been that bad. I think he's been fine. The problem is there's not much talent around him, and he's making $50 million a year, which gets people bent out of shape, right? You got to uplift your teammates. Well, he's 39. It's not Rodgers' fault that Brian Gutekinds gave him $50 bucks. you know? I just, I, I, I'm with you. Yesterday was the first time where I'm like, maybe they do win that game with Jordan Love. Not because they needed someone to make some crazy great throw, they just needed somebody to throw a little popcorn pass over Aiden Hutchinson's head to hit Bakhtiari, and Rodgers couldn't do it. I Look, I I don't want to be the guy to say that Rodgers was the total reason they lost yesterday's game because he also converted a couple fourth downs, a couple third and longs. Like, Rodgers made some nice plays too, but it sucks that the Packers are so average or so poor as a team that one play causes them to lose or a couple of picks cause them to lose to the Packers. What was it, by six points? They scored nine points yesterday. Worst defense in the NFL. Just insane. Let's take a break. I just realized what time it is. Let's get an update from Zach Heilpern. We'll talk more Packers coming up next. Rodgers floats one. Incomplete. The Lions are going to win the game. I've been counted out many times in my life, as have many of my teammates. I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs. Hopefully we can embrace that, and then this thing looks a little different. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. This doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but it's hilarious. My mom is in Austin, Dallas. She's somewhere in Texas for work. I think it might be Austin. And she's in a rooftop pool right now. And she sent me a picture of a man saying, is this a pro football player? And it's Ryan Shazier. (laughs) Why is my mom with Ryan Shazier? 
I said, yes, he used to be. He suffered a very bad back injury and basically had to learn how to walk again. And she goes, he is limping on the pool deck with us. Like, it's not surprising that he's limping. I can also see he's on the pool deck. I'm looking at the picture. That's not a text I expected to get today. Oh, uh, what should I say? It, why is he there? Yeah, she's there for like a work conference. All right. Now that we got past that distraction, that was really most of a, a me distraction. Yeah, my mom's hanging out with Ryan Shazier. Meanwhile, I work in sports radio, and I can't get a phone that has more than one line. My mom might be doing better than I am. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your weekend was outstanding. Badgers game was fun on Saturday. Saturday was a quintessential stay inside all day, eat and watch TV game. Maybe fired up the slow cooker, you know, rain coming in, hitting the windows. I actually watched a good amount of college football on Saturday. And I want Ben Kenny and Zach Auburn to know it. I am the college football casual on this network. Vagabond John, if you're listening, I'm going to, I'm going to be loud and proud about it. I watched Georgia, Tennessee, which kind of stunk. But a huge matchup and an important matchup and maybe a matchup that exposes uh, one of the many flaws in the college football playoff system that now Tennessee will avoid the SEC championship, probably what, go 11 and one and just coast into the college football playoff while Georgia and Bama or whoever fight it out in the SEC championship game. Well, Georgia and Bama might be in the same division. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm a little over my depth here, but man. If that game doesn't show some of the inadequacies of the college football playoff, I don't know what will. Listen to me talking college football playoff. So I watched Tennessee, Georgia, Wisconsin, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan State. Michigan State really wanted to blow that game. Brett Bielema, the blowing wind, speaking of blowing, Brett Bielema looks like he weighs 400 pounds. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited when I say that, but good God. I, I don't I don't know if that big windbreaker billowing in the breeze, that had to add like 75 pounds to him. That dude's huge. He's a unit. Sometimes I look at McCarthy and I think, man, he needs to drop somewhere. And then I see Bielma. Okay, McCarthy, you're, you're tip-top shape, buddy. Tip-top shape. McCarthy spoke with the Green Bay media today, so I'm excited to talk to Mike Clemens tomorrow. Get the scoop on that. I tweeted today at Wisco Grant, and you can tweet at me at Wisco Grant. I think we are going to have this backwards bizarro situation at Lambeau on Sunday where if the game goes like I'm thinking it will go and the Cowboys win, there's a really good chance that Mike McCarthy gets a standing ovation before the game and then Rodgers and Lafleur at some point are booed during the game. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine telling yourself that two years ago or imagine telling yourself that a month and a half ago. The Cowboys are going to come to Green Bay. McCarthy is getting into standing ovation. And the Packers players themselves currently, Rodgers and Lafleur amongst them, are going to get booed. But you know that's what's going to happen. McCarthy's going to come out. Fans are going to wave and be nice. By and large, I think he's going to get a very good reception. And then who's, who's to say the Cowboys don't go up 20-3 to three, and then they're running into the tunnel at halftime and boos are raining down on this Packers team that just looks like crap. What a weird, bizarre world we live in. McCarthy's going to get a better reception than Aaron Rodgers and Malafleur. A couple of texts we should get to here, and then I'll get to the phone calls. See, Zach in Eau Claire. is really hoping Andrew is just swearing the whole time and you managed to bleep it out. Yeah, that's what it was. Andy Herman, notorious potty mouth. Andy Herman, well, I've never met him. Seems like the absolute nicest guy in the world. Downtown Billy says, fat shaming now. Wow. (laughs) Um... For Bet Bielema? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe just a little bit. Billy also says post a shirtless pick. That's not something that we're going to do. 
Jared and DeForest got to your text. Sean and Eau Claire, this is an outstanding text. Love the show. Got a question for you. Hope I'm not the only one that is sick of hearing all the Packers fans complaining about how we do not feature Aaron Jones in the offense. My question is, how do you feature a guy that cannot stay healthy? How many times has he played a full season since the Packers drafted him? Well, look, there's a difference between playing 14 of 16 games or now with today's schedule, 15 of 17 games. There's a very large difference between missing one or two games a year and missing half of the games a year or missing entire seasons. Aaron Jones, by and large, is very available. Now, maybe they preserve him a little bit because they're worried about getting him hurt. So they protect him just a bit and they don't give him the ball a lot. But look, I'm with you, Sean. I'm a little, little bit sick of the Aaron Jones criticisms because even when they give him the ball, it's like, okay, nice six-yard gain. You can't do that every play. You can't give Aaron Jones the ball every play. At some point, you need to expand your offense. You need to evolve your offense. You need to involve other players in the offense. And that's why... The, the game plan against Detroit yesterday, a lot of passing. I have no problem with it. It's a historically bad passing defense. And if the Packers are thinking of th- themselves as serious, as a serious contender that could possibly make the playoffs, you're going to have to pass the ball at some point. And if you can't do it against Detroit, then just fold your season now. So I have no problem with the Packers passing the ball more. No problem with them not using Aaron Jones as much as they did. I'd like for them to use him a little bit more in the passing game, especially because Sammy Watkins stinks and everyone else is hurt. But I'm with you. I I think a lot of complaints from Packers fans are overblown, Sean, whether it be not running the ball enough or not getting the ball to Aaron Jones enough. These are just things that we yell because we feel like if the Packers just would have done this, they would have won. It's probably not the case. They're just not very good. Let's talk to Daryl, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Well, first of all, I can just look at this as far as it goes as uh, summarizing it in uh, a phrase used by... uh, uh, Wayne Larrabee, every time uh, oh. uh, the game is nearly ended, and it's, it's just that simple. Uh, and there's your dagger. Yeah, that's it. that way. <sighs> yeah. it, it is. The season, season's done. Here's what I'm gonna, Here's my suggestion to Green Bay if they were listening. Okay. Aaron Rodgers will start for the game against Dallas mm-hmm. and the Thursday night game against Tennessee. Okay. But you have 10 days between them and the next game against Chicago where you play Jordan Love. It is time. I hate to tell any Packer fan this, but it is now time. You lose those two games, you are out of the playoffs anyway, mathematically. Every number says that you cannot get in with any chance of a wild card. Lose those two games and you go to Chicago, you might as well start with Jordan Love and start doing the Jordan Love era, or at least evaluate him. Okay, okay. But you've got a draft. Yeah, okay, okay. hang on. You have, you, you'd, have a draft, you'd have a draft coming up, mm-hmm. which is starting to begin with strong quarterbacks for the next two years. You have to decide if Jordan Love is the man who's going to take over this franchise or not. I totally you agree. have to make that decision. I, I totally agree. Okay. The, the one thing is, I how do, how do they sell it to Rodgers? That's what, sell it to me. If you are Brian Gutekunst and I'm Aaron Rodgers, and we need to sit down and, and you want to start Jordan Love after that Thursday night game, and it, it makes all the sense in the world. I agree. As an idea, it's great. But in practice, what would you tell Rodgers or how would you sell it to him as Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur? What's the angle? The angle is this. The team hasn't responded to you this season. You need to give it a rest. You're not, the team is not listening to either to you or with you. They're not with you. 
We need to look at the youngsters. Hate to tell you this, you don't want to be part of a rebuild. We got to get this team on board. And in order, let's try something else. And right now, you're the only something else that needs to sit for a little bit. Okay. Let them see if they respond to Jordan or if, they, or if there's something else that you could teach in the process. Be the teacher from the sidelines, not the guy who's yelling and screaming and getting us to nearly too many, as far as it goes, delay of games. Let's see if he can speed up the clock. Do you know yesterday there were nine other occasions in that game for which delay a game could have been called against the Packers? Yes, yes. And wasn't? It felt like it was at zero all the time. I felt like we got away with it a couple of times. The refs were definitely giving us not, not, not a couple. We got, I counted. I tabulated. It was nine. After And when you start getting in that close in those kind of situations, you're asking yourself, do we need to find someone who might – uh, is it the verbiage issue? Is there something else? Is it something he's looking at? It's not quickly responded to, and therefore they're getting themselves where they could have been nailed that many more times. They were lucky in that sense, including the first down that they got. Now I'm going to just say this at the end of the game. Okay. They're getting where they're, they're getting where they're using the clock too much. Okay. They need to find a way to to, to move this forward, and I think Aaron sitting. Aaron sitting and seeing how this is actually, uh, how this is not working for him will help him make a decision whether or not he comes back next year. He needs to make that decision. Okay. Okay. It's not the franchise. The franchise. He needs to make that decision, and the Packers need to be worried about whether they're ready to move on or not. Okay. 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 So, Daryl, outstanding call. I appreciate you. I want to keep moving because I want to make sure if anybody else wants to get to me, we can. Let me be clear. I agree with this. I agree. It would be a massive failure and a complete waste of the rest of the season if the Packers go, what would it be, 6-11 and 11, and never once play Jordan Love. Because now you've had Jordan Love under contract for three years. You haven't really got, other than a game in Kansas City and a little preseason time, you really haven't gotten any time to see what he's got. And now you're going into an offseason. You're not sure if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You're not sure if you should draft a quarterback because you're not sure if Jordan Love is any good. I agree. You don't have to sell me on this idea that at some point you need to see Jordan Love this year. I just, I want to be very careful about how we go about this. And I say we as if I am the Packers, and in a sense I am because I'm an owner. But how do you sell that to Rodgers? I'm just spitballing here, okay? If I was Mark Murphy, Mr. Murphy, my boss technically, or Matt LaFleur, I'd sit Aaron down. I'd say, hey, Aaron, you know we have to see a little bit of Jordan Love this year, right? I'm the quarterback of this team. I'm, no, you're not sitting me down. I've won multiple MVPs, Super Bowl. All fair, all good points. And I'm sitting there listening, hearing him out. I said, look, Aaron, we extended you. We gave you all the financial security you want. We gave you $50 million this year. Even if you retire next year, you're still going to make a bunch of money from us. The year after, you're going to make a bunch of money from us. We've given you all the financial security you've asked for. We've traded for this guy. We've brought this guy back. And it was our pleasure to do so because you won a Super Bowl for this team. You've won multiple MVPs for this team. You've kept this team afloat in times of trial and tribulation. You've kept the the team afloat when the waters have been turgid and when the water has been glassy and we've given you a good roster. Man, you've rocketed across the water and you've took us to a Super Bowl, won MVPs. Nothing but gratitude for everything. We've given you everything and now just give us a little something back. Just a little something. Rest, recuperate, teach, see the game a little bit from the sideline. 
help out some of your teammates? I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like we have a little something to sell there. We need to tweak it. We need to tweak the verbiage, work on the delivery maybe a little bit. That would be the angle that I would take. I don't know if it's going to go well. And what would be really, really bummy is if the Packers essentially did with Rodgers what the Lakers did with Kobe, where they just gave him one more contract because that's what you do out of respect for your star, out of, out of thank you and, and adoration to your star. We're going to overpay you, and it's going to screw us over, but that's what we do because we take care of our stars. It would be a shame if the Packers did that and then pissed off Rodgers and that he retired on bad terms anyways. That would stink. So I want to avoid that. I don't know how, but... I want to. Let's talk to Dean in Lacrosse, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dean? This is an innocent question for an expert. Um, what expert. is the penalty for tanking? And um, there is no relation to the Packers situation there, but uh, <laughs> one would think that tanking could be a relevant topic for another day. Um, the other thing is maybe somebody should start a petition for a shareholders meeting, all these Packers shareholders. You have a voice. I doubt there's any powers associated with those shares, but if somebody started a petition to say, let's have a big Zoom meeting of all the shareholders. Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're doing it in person. We're renting out a big restaurant, and we're all wearing shirts and ties and suits and big dresses. And we're, we're if we're going to do this just to feel like we're cool, like we're owners, I'm not doing it over Zoom. I'm, I'm doing it in person, so we need to find a place. But they they have this cutesy, oh, you know, we're going to do shares just so everyone feels like an owner of the team, but it really doesn't have any power. Ain't well, that's no. what they think. And, uh, you know, if if we hear something like, oh, we want a few more bites of the apple, so we're going to check out uh, Jordan Love <laughs> here. Um, maybe there's a shareholders meeting, a giant Zoom. Or a, but, yeah, they, basically the, a shareholders meeting is defined as a, a, a game at Lambeau Field, and that's that's dumb. That's the way they want it. That's how they made a bunch of money, but – Hey, you guys made your money. Now let's have a shareholders meeting. Yeah, Rogers, you got your contract. Now let's see a little bit of Jordan Love. Look, you're a Vikings fan, Dean. Don't you think a little bit like it makes sense to see Jordan Love at some point? This is not a a Rogers hater position. This is a good business sense. If you were going to draft him in 2020, you got to see him play at some point if the season goes in the tank, right? As a Vikings fan, I hope they do that. Yes. Well, what what? what you hope they see Jordan Love? They're not going anywhere well, with I, mean, I, I don't think that, Rogers? No, I, I don't think that that is a uh, – what was what was that Brad Childress? He's not a promatic fit. He's a promatic non-fit is Jordan <laughs> Love with the Packers at this time. Uh, so if you guys wanted to do that, you know, more power to you. There's, there's no value coming back for Rodgers at this point as there was a few years ago. So, oh, you but no, seriously, is there a penalty for tanking, or can you guys just do that and say you're – Taking another bite at the apple. Well, no, I, I think you take. I mean, with all these injuries, they're tanking whether they're trying to tank or not. And with Rodgers throwing interceptions on the goal line again, they're you call it tanking or just playing terribly. I mean, there's not a lot of winnable games left on the schedule, Dean. Like well, the, the Lions you know, we, game we was kind of big. The Steelers, they thought the Bears pick was worth more than the Packers pick. Well, guess what? Yeah. No, we're going to have a worse uh, <laughs> season. <laughs> Come out ahead, but uh, you know, I, I think that might be a decent uh, discussion. The Panthers keep trying uh they were projected a few weeks ago to be number one overall and it's like yeah keep scoring points go ahead because the packers can be the next ones yeah that is really funny i can't believe that i wonder so the packers coming up dallas tennessee philly chicago rams dolphins vikings lions i just i don't see a lot of wins in there i wouldn't be surprised if there's plausible deniability uh we're just taking a bite at the apple 
plausible deniability. We'll tank. See a little Jordan love. All right, Dean. This is nice. I like the shareholder meeting idea in person. Uh, you'll be invited. You're not an owner, but you're in because it was your idea. That petition for a shareholder meeting would go viral. You'll be a sensation. Do it. I need to make it very official. Okay, Dean. Have an awesome night. And he dro- he drops off. You get on board. 608 isn't that what Isn't that what Bill says? Got a text here from Vagabond John. Says... Maybe just five more, more than five touches and a half. That's it. Jaguars gave ETN 28 carries and one. Yeah, that's not, I don't like doing that whole correlation causation thing. Some team is six and oh when X running back gets a certain number of carries. Well, that's because in the games that they're winning, they're leading, they run the ball, and that's why they get more carries. So I'm not, look, the Jaguars won because the Raiders are a damned embarrassment. And ETN's really good. I think Aaron Jones is really good too. It's not just about giving him the ball to run up the middle. I don't know what they did in the offseason, but I thought the idea of Aaron Jones being the number one wide receiver means we come up with some ideas on how to use him. And we seem to have skipped that portion of the offseason install. 608-796-2558. Hector in on Alaska. Others I see on the phone. I'll get to you coming back. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, pretty disappointed. Uh, that about sums it up, Bill. Just disappointed. Wisco Sports Show, that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's just disappointed. Packers have lost five in a row. And as this text from an anonymous listener says, God, send me your name if you want to be uh, shouted out. Does he think five losses is hard to say? Try eight in a row. I don't see the Packers winning any of the next three. Yeah, so they host Dallas. Dallas is a team that runs fast, hits hard, tackles well. None of the things that the Packers do. Then they're Thursday night versus Tennessee, which I don't think Tennessee is great, but Tennessee is really well coached. And it's a short week. And I don't know that the Packers are well coached right now. And they're dealing with a short week. I mean, geez, they couldn't deal with a flight to London. How are they going to beat Mike Vrabel on three days rest? And then they go to Philly and to Chicago. Justin Fields set a record yesterday. And I wanted to bring this up on the show. This seems like a natural time to do it. I'm going to look up Justin Fields. Hopefully the stat comes up. Justin Fields set a record yesterday for the most number of rushing yards in a regular season game. And I can't find it. The only time a quarterback has ever rushed for more yards in one game than Justin Fields did yesterday was Colin Kaepernick against the Packers. So you have a guy that's close to doing what Kaepernick did to the Packers, playing against the Packers here in a couple weeks. Man, they're going to, they might give up 300 yards on the ground to Justin Fields. Running quarterbacks have been a thing for what, 10, 12 years now? Packers are still hopeless. No, God, God, no, they're not figuring that out. So I'm with you. I can see the Packers easily losing eight in a row, and maybe a conversation we have to have at some point is, you know, how many losses in a row does it take before Mark Murphy gets really pissed off and decides to do something? Like when the Brewers lost, whatever it was, eight in a row earlier this year, we're like, how many losses would it take for Craig Council to get fired? How bad would the season have to get? How many games would they have to lose in a row before Mark Murphy's like, Matt, I don't want to fire you, dude. I got no choice. Get out and take Joe Barry with you. Help him find his way home because God knows he won't be able to figure it out by himself. The Joe Barry jokes are just mean. 
It's just mean. His defense had a good day yesterday. Let's talk to Hector in Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? The defense having a decent game is the only reason why I believe Joe Barry is still even there. Yes. Um, yes. One more defensive horrible game, and he's out of there. Oh, and if, I think that that's if, if they would have lost 31-9, to or if they would have, well, here's the thing. I think Matt LaFleur had in the back of his mind that maybe he fires Joe Barry after this weekend, but he can't do it when his offense was worse than Joe Barry's defense. You can't. You can't. Exactly. Yeah, so I agree. <laughs> which, is, which is saying a lot. Yeah. And here's, here's the other thing. I, I know it's boring to watch A.J. Dillon fall forward for a yard, but um, when it's second down on the goal line and you throw it off of a lineman's head, yeah. guess what? Those two yards, it was second down. You could have ran all four plays. He could have fallen forward for two yards, gotten a touchdown. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do with what you have, which segues into what you just said about Tennessee. They're not the best coached. They don't have any single body that can catch a football. So what do they do? They run it down your throat. And King Henry, the longer you go through the game trying to tackle him, the more yards he puts on you. Because even though these big, strong men are big, strong men, getting run over, over and over again, yeah. is going to wear you down. Not fun. So, yeah, that A.J. Dillon isn't as productive as he should be, but that also has to do with the fact that he barely gets any touches because he's behind the back that's super good that barely gets any touches himself. So the, the whole way that they're running the offensive scheme – just, just doesn't make any sense, Grant. And this is coming from someone who, I guess, knows better because the Ravens haven't been able to throw the ball for five years now to anybody that isn't named Mark Andrews. So it, it's it's embarrassing. It really is. And I used to be proud to tell people that, oh, I'm a Ravens fan, but I married into a Packer home, so like I'm winning all the time. To now... You know, I haven't even taken my Packer shirt out of the out of the uh, clean pile yet. So Are the Ravens going to win tonight? They're in the Superdome, which I hate because the Superdome just has such a terrible aesthetic. Like, oh, I'm going to go home and look at that ugly building for three hours. Whatever. That's a small side note. Are the Ravens going to win tonight? We have their deal. We have good juju in the Superdome. Um, we did win our last Super Bowl there, of course. We had to pay the guys extra to turn the lights out so that we could get our guys yeah. back up to uh, standard at halftime. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm worried about it because Bateman, although he didn't do much, he was a big distraction. Uh, Mark Andrews, not probably not going to happen. So we're going to be banking on Lamar to do a lot, and that is difficult to do when you when the defense just has to focus in on one thing because like who else who else do they have to worry about Devin, Duver- Devin Duvernay perhaps Devin Duvernay yeah they do have to worry about Devin Duvernay when they punch it or kick it off to him when you see him lined up as a receiver you're like oh there goes Christian Watson because that's the level of a receiver he is he's he's young wow. he doesn't have a lot of experience Hurtful. and when, I'm sorry. It is hurtful. But good. considering he's your best receiver right now is is even more hurtful. 
Uh, who else do the Ravens oh. even have? Who else do they have? I know Devin Duvernay. They traded Hollywood Devin Brown. Devin Duvernay will be okay. Hollywood Brown is gone. Whatever. Um, it's you don't. Ha- we don't have any more receivers because even in this last draft, they realize when we realized we weren't going to have a receiving team in the draft, they went and took extra linemen. We drafted four tight ends and like a fullback and like three extra running backs. So if you look at their roster, I think we have three wide receivers, and one of them is 39-year-old Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that's right. There's another guy. Yeah, he's you guys got Deshaun making his debut today. Yeah. Right. And um, what's his name? Demarcus Robinson, who was the odd man out on the Kansas City um, offense. Good and so they, of course, bring, bring in some good culture in. from Kansas City. Right. But last week, he Major. did... He did very well, Robinson. So I think they'll be okay with the few times they're going to run it. But I would not be surprised if they rushed for close to 250 yards. All right, well, Godspeed to your Ravens tonight, Hector. Enjoy the game. I just don't really like the Saints, and I don't really like needing to pay attention to them or talk about them. So if you could do me a favor and send them to 3-6, and which is irrelevant, which is funny because that's what the Packers are. But I'd appreciate that. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, yeah, I'll make some calls. Make some calls. Thanks, Hector. Have a good one. Yeah, the Justin Fields stat, by the way, uh, he broke Michael Vick's record for most rushing yards in a regular season game with 178. However, Kaepernick outdid him in a playoff game one time, which, of course, happened to come against the Green Bay Packers. That was the record. So not the most sense Michael Vick. He straight up was better than Michael Vick yesterday. God, he looked good. So good. Packers fans, there is a reckoning coming with the Chicago Bears. And I, if you're a Chicago Bears fan that is listening to this program right now, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, I would just like to say, I would like to separate myself from the masses in that when the Packers beat the Bears, I did not gloat. I did not sing the Bears still suck because the measuring stick of our success for the last 10 years has not been beating the Bears, despite Aaron Rodgers making it like the only thing he cares about. I do not punch down. I I, I don't punch down. I never did punch down. So I, I just... Like, you'd remember that. Let's say the Bears get really good and Justin Fields turns out to be great. Just remember, when you give the middle finger to Packers fans and you rub it in our face, just remember, oh, yeah, that Grant Bills guy, he's not so bad. He never punched down. He focused on the the real issues for his team, which was getting into the playoffs and winning, not beating Chicago in week four. That guy's all right. We're going to leave him alone. Just remember that. That's all I say. It's my PSA to Chicago sports fans. 608-796-2558. Call text. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. We'll talk more Packers and uh, the fact that they, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take one more call. Dave is in Nona. What's up, Dave? Hey, this is uh, Zobin calling. Oh, Zobin, I'm sorry. You, you, have a, you have a similar number. What's up? Hey, so a couple of things. One, when we were down 8 nothing and we scored it, it was 8-6. And when they went for a two-point conversion, that just shows you how bad LaFleur is as a coach. Because Whoa, why? We, didn't, we did not need to go for a two-point conversion. You don't go for a two-point conversion unless you have to do it, okay? We didn't have to do it, and it just shows you why he is he's a weak play caller. You don't go for a two-point conversion unless you need to, and it really could have wound up biting us. Number two, the play calling, after we had gotten that, that uh, fourth-down conversion, well, we're going to ostensibly win the game. The play calling was just horrid. Four straight passes. You don't need to do that. It shows you the panic of these Packers and, and, and LaFleur 
it just doesn't get it. Like, there, I you know, it's been, there I agree. I agree okay. with you on that one. We're on the same page. Pass, 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 pass. The, the two-point conversion, field. seriously. Yeah. You don't need to go for a two-point conversion in the third quarter. You know, they, they panic. And that's the thing. Bill Belichick doesn't panic. Number three, and I've been saying this for three weeks, um, uh, first time you're hearing it, the Green Bay Packers should have tried to trade Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets after we lost to the New York Jets because they would have been the perfect trade partner for Aaron Rodgers because they haven't been to a Super Bowl in 53 years. Yes. If they're going to wait on Zach Wilson to take them to a Super Bowl, it's not going to happen this year. But they are a cool little team that could actually get to a Super Bowl, except they don't have a good enough quarterback. And and, and I don't know if the money could have worked. Maybe this albatross of a contract, maybe Rodgers would have let it happen. And he would have probably enjoyed going to New York because that's, that would have been a perfect landing spot for him. And one final thought. Mm-hmm. Because I have to get to Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew should be Green Bay Packers' next quarterback. And he is rotting and wasting his life in Philadelphia when this guy should have been rookie of the year, the year that, yes, go back, Grant, go back and look at Gardner Minshew's rookie year and compare his statistics side by side with Kyler Murray. And he was a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. And for some stupid reason, there is this almost like this plot against Gardner Minshew from letting him make mm-hmm. be a starting quarterback in this league. He is really he he should be starting for half the teams in the league and he should be Green Bay Packers quarterback next year and I will hang up and listen. But I'm telling you, Gardner Minshew would solve our problems and the fans would love him and he is just for some idiotic reason, people are just not giving this guy a chance and it makes no sense. But seriously, go back and look at his rookie year stats side-by-side to Kyler Murray's, and you tell me why Minshew did not get a single vote for rookie of the year when he should have actually won the award. I'm telling you, it is true. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and look. Okay, so I need to dig those numbers up. Zobin, I appreciate the call. Give me five minutes to ponder that. Maybe, maybe I'll... Maybe we can talk Gardner Minshew for like sixty seconds. What is it about the? It's it's Gardner Minshew and who's the backup for the Ravens? The people on the show just can't quit. What's his name? Tyler Huntley. Why do we talk about those two? We talk about those two guys way more than we ever should. We should never talk about either one of them on the show, and yet they keep coming up. Uh yeah. Give me give me five minutes, and I'll ponder about everything we just discussed. Is open. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, yeah. Back in the office and um, just keep trying to move forward. Wisco Sports Show, that's Alan Lazard. Yeah, dark days, bummer times, sad times. Todd Bowles said, yeah, these are dark days for us. That was last week. Although Tom Brady grabbed the reins yesterday and went and got his team a win. Aaron Rodgers could not do the same, and I'm not even 100% blaming him, but I'm a little percent blaming him. Just a little. It's not that it even came down to the final drive. Lots of chances throughout the game, and they just couldn't get it done. 15-9, to 16-9, what was the final score? I'm really poor with remembering final scores, especially when the games are as harmless as they were yesterday. 15-9, to 9. my God, this team stinks. And we're talking about it, 608-796-2558, if you want to call and text the show. Big Joe is in Madison. What's up, Big Joe? 
Grant Bills, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. My football team sucks, but the Bucks are awesome. And yeah, they, and I, they I, they took the stadium from the Wolves on Friday night. Like Wolves fans, I, that's ours now. We own it. I was at one of my favorite establishments in Madison watching it till halftime, and I went home and watched it at the game at home. Ah, love that for you, you social butterfly. You thanks, buddy. You know, I like having my friends, and it was good to hang out with one of my best friends that Ebo has met that literally has challenged Nelson to a midget wrestling match before. I don't know what to do with that. I, I, I know my buddy, one call my buddy's name is Gardner Minshew, and now you're talking about midget wrestling. I, I got nothing to add. I, I can't. I can't. My I buddy's can't. name is his real name is Kyle, but we call him Stump, and he's one as tall as he is wide, so that's why they call him Stump. And uh, paints a yeah, he literally he literally could probably be the Andre the Giant of midget wrestling. Like mm-hmm. picture picture Frank on This Is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's where he's a wrestler. That's what my buddy would be. Yeah. Uh, I'm the garbage man. What a t- I'm the garbage. That is a funny episode. I'm the garbage. That one is great. Take out. Uh, no, and time. Yeah, speaking of that, it's funny that you go off that time to take out the trash. Yeah. Uh, can we fire uh, Goody? Can we fire Joe Barry? Can we fire anyone that's like the play caller on offense? Because I've been seeing it all day to my friends at work too. Run the ball. What they couldn't run the ball though yesterday, Big Joe. Even when they handed it off to AJ Dillon, he was getting stuffed for no gain. Like my he... favorite, my favorite comment by the commentators yesterday. Oh, we got the play caller up in the up in the press box, you know, hoping to take away the distraction on the team, and you know, hopefully this could do something for the Packers and take away from the drama. How is that helping them? They're just bad. They're not good. Well, and Big Joe, the Lions' yeah. pass defense is. It's not only the worst in the league, it's the worst. So the margin between them and the next closest team is like the margin from 31 and 18. They're not just worse than everyone else in the league. They're worse by a huge margin. The Packers needed to be able to throw on them, and they couldn't do it. Oh, my stepdad brought a good point. He goes, it was like watching a very ugly high school football game. Oh, I hate high school it was, football. It was, it was brutal. It was, as a fan yesterday watching that game, I honestly would have probably gotten more excited taking out socks, Grant. I mean, I started to fall asleep a couple times because I was not entertained. I wasn't entertained yesterday. Although I had a nice, delicious bowl of chili. It was just good good people yesterday, so I had a fun time watching the yeah, game. Yeah, that's why so. my mom made homemade pizza, and it was pretty awesome. So that was cool. Oh. I went over and saw my mom and stepdad. So. That's fantastic. Hey, Big uh, Joe, no, I appreciate Grant. the call. I got some other callers to get to, but you know I appreciate you. Right. Thanks for the call. Last thing I want to say to you, buddy, is uh, happy Gordon yeah, happy Gordon Lightfoot week, buddy. Oh. It's going to be a hell of a week. It's going to be a hell of a week. Yes, it is. Here, I'll, I'll play out. Hold go on. Bucks, hold on. Hold on. Give, me, give me a one more. Go Bucks, Bucks, and Six. Bucks and Six, buddy. All right. I appreciate that. I pressed the wrong button, but I'll play out. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I went for a walk last night. You know, the classic time window for a walk in between the 330 game and the Sunday night game. I went for a nice walk, and I went down by the Mississippi River, which, you know, doesn't have the sheer mass in one place of the Gitchigumi of Lake Superior, but the gales of November, they were, you can feel them. They, they weren't too harsh, but they, they were there. Not, you know, raging, but they were, they were, it's brewing. You can feel it brewing. It's coming up on Thursday. Oh, yeah, we're going to do Fitzgerald content. Can't wait. Vagabond John is here next. What's up, Vagabond John? As if I wasn't spending enough time on a spreadsheet at work. I am just waiting for Badger basketball to get started tonight. So I went ahead and did a little research. Oh, good. uh, Based on one of the texts I sent earlier. Uh, Teams that gave their running backs more than 22 carries 
This is such a cherry pick stat, by the way. This is like we're in full blown off season mode. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Like, cherry pick, cherry pick any stat you want. If you're doing the research, you get to cherry pick the stats. Those are the rules. Teams that gave the running backs more than 22 carries were five and one on Sunday. That was Kenneth Walker from Seattle. That was a close game, one score game down the stretch. So tough to argue that all 26 carries came in. You know they're trying to run the clock out. The yeah. Jets had a last minute win. They gave their running backs 25 carries. Travis Etienne got 28 carries. They were down 10 at half. So you could argue you'd think they'd be throwing the ball more, but obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't there yet. Uh, Jamal Williams, we don't need to talk about that. And then the one blowout that got his 22 carries was Joe Mixon, which, dear Lord, I know no one cares about your fantasy loss, but I'm telling you, man, when I saw that at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, I'm like, man, my fantasy week's already over because I'm playing against Joe Mixon, who has 75 points in the first half, whatever. Yeah, the most fantasy points since, like, I mean, one of the best weeks ever. It was like Jamal Charles in 2013 when he put up, like, 55 points, and it was just ridiculous. I love when guys have one game a year like that where they just win you a lead or win you a game just by themselves unless you know, yeah. you're playing against them. Sorry about that. And I have Aaron Jones, and he's done that a couple times for me uh, while he's been on my dynasty team. So I just – I really do think, you know, being a Wisconsin football fan, right, running backs do get in rhythms, and I think that's the piece of this that we don't necessarily talk about a lot in the NFL. It's like you give a guy four carries in a whole half and then yeah. one completion for a total of five touches at halftime, assuming he's healthy enough to go, which, I mean, he played in the third quarter, so let's assume that he's good to go. You're just not going to get any rhythm offensively. And I just, I know run the ball, run the ball, it gets tired, but it doesn't have to be a run, right? Those short passes, they you know, uh, you know, that I agree smart with. guys in the league will say that's just just that's just an extended running play. Yeah, great, let's do it, right? Yeah. But I don't know. And then watching Patrick Mahomes throw the ball seventy times in a game, it's just like you know, with Wisconsin football with the Packers, it just feels like other teams in their respective leagues are playing a different sport. You watch Tennessee Georgia, and then you watch a Badger game, and it's like this is this is like watching high school football. I'll take the Big Ten brand of football any day of the week. That Georgia-Tennessee game was boring as heck. It's uh, it's the it's the pageantry, though, man. I mean, watching that Georgia crowd, I, I mean, I've been to probably 30 Badger games the last 10 years. There's nothing that, you know, Camp Randall does not compare. You know, the Big Ten doesn't compare. Well, the Nebraska damn, the damn students don't get there until compares. the second quarter, Vagabond John. How, how can you expect to have a good game day experience with the student section so empty? That's really what it comes down to. Well, and here I am, a diehard Badger fan, and I was, you know, in my robe on my couch, very comfortable during the oh, yeah. that happened all day Saturday. Yeah, so I was. I can't uh, really uh, I was harp the on the other fans too hard. I was the same. But, it was it was an overhang game, uh, which is what I was seeing from the pros who spend time at Camp Randall. And well, Wisconsin Iowa this weekend, right? Wisconsin Iowa this weekend oh. uh, in Kinnick. You know, if you're bored and you want a road trip, Kinnick is an excellent college football environment, even when their team is bad. Uh, they all wear black and, and gold, and it's just a, it's a really good experience. This will be the first. We got band practice with good old Ron Supper Club. Otherwise, uh, I'd be there for the, I think, fifth straight time the Badgers have been there. I usually don't miss the Iowa game because it's such an easy drive, but um, it should be fun. I forgot that me and Zach Heilprin were supposed to road trip to this game. We made plans that Zach certainly was not genuine about, but I'm going to tweet him about it right now. Thanks, Vagabond John. We'll talk more Badgers Hawkeyes later this week. I'm looking forward to that. Sounds good.
Have a good one. Our guy Vagabond John, 608-796-2558. Let's take one last break. Come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show last couple of minutes uh the tweet has been sent we have reached out to our guy zach heilprin about the road trip to kinnick on saturday forgot all about that Uh, my bad zach he's probably been doing the lion's share of the planning i didn't mean to put this all on you zach i I said i was gonna help i'll I'll pay for the gas i'll pay for the gas and i'll get the snacks at the gas stations and you can pick the music and the podcast for the whole drive all right Sorry, Zach's probably been planning furiously. I hope he got us a nice hotel. Oh, I'm so excited. Never been to Kinnick before. It'd be a pleasure to go with our guys. <laughs> go with our guys, Zach Heilprin. Uh, a couple more minutes, which means Eric on I-90, he has failed to call so far. I'd, it's like the bat symbol's been put up for him. But yeah, if you want to call or text, 608-796-2558. But make it quick because we're almost out of time. Uh, good text here from a uh, first-time texter named Six Foot Steve. So it's a legitimate question. Who has more losses this year, the Packers or the Bucks? Uh I, well, I hope it's the Bucks, because I don't want the Bucks to go like win 62 games or 65 games. And I know, I know you're asking a question to make a point. What's wild? I didn't think this was true. I saw this last night. I thought someone was messing with us. The Brewers have won a game since the Packers have won a game. How is that real? Everyone looked at the calendar. It's true. Now the Packers haven't one in, what, five straight games, so that's going to turn out to be six weeks, which is insane. But yeah, the Brewers have won a game more recently than the Packers have won a game. Can you believe that? Speaking of Milwaukee teams versus our Packers, it's just bananas to me. The Brewers! Maybe we should talk to the Brewers. They have a couple of free agents coming off the books. I'll just say it right now. If they don't bring back Jace Peterson, we're going to have an issue. Okay? And, and we're going to have to dedicate some time on this show this winter to talking about that. Because if you don't bring back Jay, I mean, come on. Bring back Jace Peterson. Bring back Jace Peterson. I also saw Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel had his piece up at the Journal Sentinel today and had a quote from a player that said, you know, they're expecting the Brewers to fork up a little money. Well, why Why am I paraphrasing Kurt? I'll just pull up the tweet. Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel. Um, let's see here. As one player put it, quote, it's time to put up or shut up. Wow. Uh, it is time for the Brewers to either put up or shut up. I would agree. Uncle Buck texts in. Says, hey, Grant, just able to start listening. So apologize if this is already being discussed. No, Uncle Buck, we got listeners coming and going all the time. Says, to me, this is an all talk, no action team. Prime example is Jair getting that personal foul yesterday and then gets up talking like he did the right thing. That I agree with. Clown behavior right there. Eric Bledsoe type behavior. Everyone talks the talk in game or during the week. When push comes to shove, we can't back anything up. That's because they can't tackle. They can't cover. They can't tackle. Tackle, excuse me. Getting upset. And they can't block. They can't do anything. Like, what is this team good at? This team isn't good at anything. So I agree with you that they can't walk the walk because they can't do anything in action. They can talk about it manifesting this, you know, speaking something into existence. Man, just throw a little popcorn past to David Bakhtiari over the goal line. Just boop. It's easy. Don't throw it on a line. What are you, Orlando Arcia slinging one to second base? What? Are, some of those Rogers picks. Like I, I'm trying not to be too critical of Rogers today, just because he's he doesn't have a great group around him, and I feel like 
too many people are going too hard at Rodgers, and I don't want to be in that group. But, dude, are you turning a double play or are you throwing to your 6'6 lineman in the corner? Put a little air under that pass, for God's sake. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow's probably the day I'll get more frustrated about Rodgers. I, for the most part, kept it in check today. But tomorrow we're going to talk with Mike Clemens, and I'm excited because he spoke with Mike McCarthy on the Green Bay Media Conference call today. And I'm very excited to hear about that. I saw some quotes on Twitter and some tweets and Mike McCarthy getting a little emotional. I'm telling you now, we live in a bizarre world because on Sunday, Mike McCarthy is going to get a standing ovation and Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the Packers will be booed at some point, chances are, during the game. If they lose, it's probably going to be ugly. They're probably going to go into halftime, like down 20 to three. They're going to get booed and that's going to come just a couple minutes after Mike McCarthy gets a standing ovation. In the year 2022... Never thought I'd see the day. This is nuts. We live in bizarro times. Mike Clemens tomorrow. We'll talk more Packers. All NBA teams are in action tonight, so enjoy Badger basketball back as well. We'll talk about everything starting tomorrow at 4.